created live on Fireside. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to your next stop live here, live on Fireside. My name is Juliette Hahn. If you are new to this platform, if you are listening here on LinkedIn, if you're live on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube, welcome, welcome. If you're here in the audience, I see David and Colette, and I know people are going to be coming in. I'm getting emails like, I see that you're going live. I can't jump in right now. So I know people are going to be coming. This actually episode will also go out on your next stop, our S feed, which is, you know, you, um, any place that you get podcast will be going out Thursday. So you can also catch it here or you can catch the replay here on Fireside. So my guest this episode is Dr. Vic Manzo. He is a mindset coach, author, podcaster, and pediatric chiropractor. Hello. Hello. I can't even speak. Hello, Dr. Vic. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me on. Yes, I'm excited for this because I know when we reached out to kind of when you reached out to me, we were talking and we did like the 15 minute call that my, I know my uh, listeners know that I do just to make sure we kind of have the same synergy. We met on LinkedIn, I believe. And I think we talked longer. And then I was like, wait, we need to shut this down because <laughs> we want to have this conversation here live on Fireside. So I'm excited. Uh, I know you have three books, you have a podcast, but I want to get into a little bit about you, kind of like where you grew up, uh, what led you to be the chiropractor, and we'll kind of get into all of that. But where you grew up, if you went to university, where it was, and what you studied. Yeah, I grew up from. A, I'm from a, a suburb from Chicago called Murrells Park, and it's a it's a suburb that was like a tight, small uh, Italian community at, community at that time, and so uh, blue collar kind of community, but. Um, Everybody knew everybody uh, from there, and it, it was uh, a great growing up experience because you families everything, and 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 then friends of friends. Everyone's a cousin to you. Uh, right. just Italians are right. It's like, hey, cousin, are we related to them? No, we're not at all. Like, why is he calling me cousin, or I'm calling this person uncle? Anywho, um, I love yeah, that. that. That was my that was my uh, upbringing, and and where I'm, where I'm originally from. That's awesome. And I, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, that shows I grew up in a small town, but live in a small town. My husband grew up in the Bronx, which is huge, but his entire family lived within like five blocks of each other. Um, and so even though I grew up in a small town, not close to family, but family, my mom's one of seven. So everyone was at least a couple hours away and we saw them all the time. We made it like they were kind of neighbors. Um, but the town that we live in right now, my kids, it was funny when we moved here, uh, we moved here about four years ago. My kids were like, mom, everyone's related. And I'm like, nah, that's not true. And then Everyone is truly related. It's actually crazy. Like the teachers, you know, our friends, you know, or, or know the uncle or cousins of the principal. And it's, it is a tight knit community. And it's interesting to be kind of the outsider, um, but have like, you know, t- good ties with the community. We've been in this community actually for 20 years, even though we're only living here full time for four. Uh, it's, it's neat to see who is together and, you know, people that remember us when the kids were little. And I'm like, oh, well, we were just here, you know, in the summer. So it's, it's a special thing and the Italians. So I am, my mom is half Italian and that was a big component. So we always were with the Italian side. I mean, I would always like say we were hundred percent Italian and then the Irish would be like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, it's always, you know, every Sunday it was like we we're at grandma's having, uh, you know, the Italian meal and, and she'd be cooking the, 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 
the meat sauce with neck bones and all that for like for like four to six eight hours just lets it simmer all day fresh italian bread made on sunday i mean it was the whole nine yards and that was all up until i was in my uh, 16, 17, 18 years old. And then, then the role switched and my mom's the head of the, uh, the, the oldest in the family. So Italian culture is the oldest takes over the role. So instead then they came to my mom's house and then we would have Sunday dinner there. So it was always, uh, we always ate a lot. It was always a lot of fun. It's Italians. It's just one of the things we did. And I love being in that type of a culture, you know, growing up and there was a lot of, in the, in the time of it, you look at it, you're just like, okay, this is what I have to do. I got to go buy Nana's on Sunday. Okay, fine. I wanted to go over here, but whatever. Right. And then you get older and now I have, I have a six month old daughter and it's like my wife and I talk about this all the time about like values that matter to us that we had when we were growing up. What do we want to have? And I'm always like family, family's everything. Like that's, that's what we're going to have. We're going to have traditions. We're going to do things. I'm like, that's, there's part of that, that I could see mass intent and immense value by holding on to those kind of things. It's so true. I love that you bring that up. So where then did, um, you know, that has to be hard also leaving that. You know, I know I came up, as I said, from a very tight knit family and leaving it as much as you want to spread your wings and get to your next, you know, kind of your next stop. Um, it is hard because you're like, but I love what I have here. I'm not running from something, but I know that there's more out there for the world. So then where did your journey take you, you know, um, when you were, you know, 19, 20? Yeah, my path was like becoming a chiropractor was never in my radar. Um so what happened was, is I was going into computer science and I was looking at the schools that were like one of the best ones. And, and Arizona State happened to be in the top like four or five. And so my dad kept pushing computers. He's like, that's where the money is. That's where, you, you know, that's the future. You know it already. You built computers. Why don't you just get into that? So I was like, <laughs> all right, fine. I'll jump into computer science. Um, I, I applied to Arizona State, got accepted immediately. And I was like, okay. And I, you know, again, there was that little voice like, you do really, you're leaving family. You never left. You know, I never really been on. Uh, at that time, I think I've only been, my parents had a timeshare in Cancun. Like when I, when I was like, I think 15, 16 is when I first went. So I'm like, I've only been to Cancun twice. That's, that's pretty much my traveling experience. Uh, and so I'm like, I've never been away from the family, but something inside also said, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I was like, I finally, I said, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Arizona state and so forth. And so happy I did that. It was not fun in the beginning because I'm away from family. I'm all on my own. I don't know anybody there. Um, but thankfully, I met friends and things turned around. And um, But what was interesting about my time at Arizona State is my health. This is how I turned, this is how chiropractic started to show up in my life because every month I was there, I, was, I, went, I ended up playing rugby for Arizona State for the club team because I tried out for their baseball team. Um, 150 guys, it was down to two. I was one of them. But since I didn't have a history in high school uh, or a good or at least a good one or something they could recall on, um, they're like, we don't take chances. That was the number one baseball team in the, the United States at that time. So I was like, yeah, I can, I can totally respect that. I understand that. But you just saw everything of what I did. But anywho, I remember coming home that, that, that night and one of the guys down the hall for me, he was from Chicago. And he's like, hey, how'd it go? And I was like, man, I didn't make it. And he's like, why don't you come with me? I play rugby. And I was like, rugby. I'm like, that's, that's, a, that's a crazy sport. You know, that's, that's not safe. <laughs> Tackle football with my buddies all the time. But I was like, I don't know about that. He's like, just come one day. And I was like, you know what? I can use some conditioning. I like working out. I was like, all right, I'll come one day. And that's how I ended up being on the team. I loved it so much. Um, But long story short, every month my health kept declining. After the first year, I remember telling my mom, hey, I need to go to a a medical doctor. I don't know what's going on here. I have have canker sores every week, acne on my back. I had headaches, sensitivity light, couldn't think. No matter how much I slept, I was tired. 
I was a 19 year old fit kid. I mean, I was working out, I was exercising, I run five minute miles. I took all this nutrition backstory. My mom's a fitness instructor and uh, a yoga instructor. So I seen all my life mm. her taking nutrition and supplements and so forth. I did self studying at this point about three, four years on nutrition. So I kind of knew what to take and all this, and it just wasn't working. And so last minute, my mom's like, why don't you go see Dr. Frank? And that's the chiropractor I used to see that she's been seeing since I was one years old. And I was like, well, if he can help me, you think he can? What do you, you know, she's like, just go, let's see what he says. I went there and then my life changed. He told me by the time I get back, by the time I have to go back to Arizona state, I'll have no more symptoms. And then he said, you'll need chiropractic care for the rest of your life because I had scoliosis and some other things. He also told me to stop playing rugby, which he's the same guy. When I was a kid, I wanted to play organized football, tackle, you know, with the, you know, the padded, all that stuff. And yeah. uh, he told my mom, don't have him play it. And I was like, no, I want to go play it. And he's like, <laughs> he said not to. I don't write. And I was going to see him at the time. So I'm like, you told me not to play football when I was a kid and you're telling me not to play rugby now. I'm like, what, what else are you trying to take away from me? That's fun. So long story short, um, from that moment, my life changed. But what was the most interesting thing was, is four months into chiropractic care, because I'm back to Arizona State, and I continued getting adjusted out there, um, I got in the best physical shape of my life. Now, you have to understand, I didn't do nothing different. There wasn't like new supplements or direct. I kept the same workouts. Everything stayed the same. I mean, I was in good shape, but I wasn't like shredded like I wanted to be. It happened out of nowhere. And I got down to 10% body fat and I sat there and I go, how did this happen? I need, I, 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 this is mind boggling. So I was like, forget it. I'm going to go into business. And I switched gears. I went back to Chicago and I finished up my uh, school and uh, got a bachelor's in uh, uh, business management at the University of Illinois, Chicago. That's amazing. So I, and I think one of the reasons why we did connect um, also so wonderfully in the beginning is I'm a huge component for chiropractors. I used to babysit when I was young, a chiropractor lived right across the street from us. And I played two sports, uh, you know, and I played sports my whole life. I played two sports in college. So I always needed that like adjustment because my back, my hips, one was a little bit higher. So I would run and I would, you know, feel these things. And so I am a huge, I still see my chiropractor once a week. Now I don't have to, you know, cause people always be like, Oh, once you see a chiropractor, you've got to go back forever. And that I was like, well, sometimes some people do like, it is actually my self care. I love my chiropractor. And, um, and I've always gone, even through pregnancy, you know, I probably started at 13, nah, probably a little older than that, maybe 14, 15, and then through college. And it really does because I can feel when I'm really out of alignment. I also can feel like if a nerve is a little off or if my neck is a little pinched and, and it does help you kind of get aligned and get those workouts in where it's using your whole body instead of like, okay, I'm comp, you know, I'm, um, this leg is a little bit tweaky. So I'm using this leg more and you're kind of off and, and unbalanced. Um, my kids all have gone, they don't go all the time, but they have gone. My husband goes, um, I think chiropractic care is amazing. And I love also that it, there's different levels. So like I know the chiropractors that I work best with, with when we do a lot of muscle work first, then I do the, then they, then they do the adjustments. Like we know that we can't just adjust me right away. Cause I pop right back in, you know, you know, your body, you start feeling things, you start feeling like, okay, maybe this is a little off, but I, I think it's amazing. And I love that you had that journey that you went and it's someone that your mom had gone to. I love that your mom had that background as well, because it kind of gave you that little window, even though you're a kid. And, and the reason why it also makes 
makes me happy is because that's kind of how I've always been my whole life. And I always think my kids don't listen to or <laughs> anything I say because I have teenagers now. So of course they don't, except they always will be like, yeah, mom, I think I need to see Dr. Janet. And I'm like, okay, I'll make an appointment. My older son goes and he gets acupuncture because he, it's a whole long story, but, um, He's an athlete and he had some avulsion fractures. So we're trying to, you know, figure some stuff out. And it really is a, a wonderful profession, but also the insights that it gives you to the human body. And it was so for a long time, always like, oh, that's a quack doctor. Right. And it's, and I was always like, yeah, I kind of like that. I'd rather go there than to the medical world because I feel more comfortable in this world. So, okay. So you went back to University of Illinois and then you got a degree. What then was like, okay, I now need to start applying for chiropractic school. How did that look? Yeah. It was one of those things where I had, I had a look at kind of like some things of where, um, did I want to stay in their home? Cause I had, there was a school called national in Chicago. There was one Palmer in Iowa and, um, I wasn't feeling, you know, my chiropractor at the time is like, go to life West in California, go where it's warm. I'm like, no, I want to go where it's good. I don't want to go where it's warm. And I was deciding to go to Palmer at, and this was in May and Palmer was like, they're being very like, Hey, we'll get you in a little sooner. I'm like, I'm not even finishing with all my requirements. I had like a couple, cause I was in business. So I had to stake. Um, organic chemistry, chemistry, physics, and all these in anatomy class. And I was like, well, I won't be done until like end of May to have at least those classes. And they're like, we'll get you in sooner, this and that, if you want to come. And I was just like, man, it, it sounds great. But then I was, um, something again, inner calling, something came to me. It was like, go see Dallas. So it was literally, uh, it was like Wednesday or at, at the time. And I'm looking at my girlfriend that I was dating at the time. And I looked and I go, do you want to come with me to Dallas? And she's like, what do you mean? I'll buy the tickets. Let's go. I need to see this school. I don't know why I have to see it. It might be a waste of money, but we'll go, we'll get to hang out in Dallas. So I'm like, yeah. let's just go. And she's like, fine. Let me see if I can get off work. She got off work. We we're able to go. As soon as I got to the campus, I just looked and I was like, no, this is where I belong. This is where it's going to be. And so immediately I came back home Monday. I sent a letter. I sent the email out to the, Palm, the Palmer school. And I was just like, I won't be attending. Um, I sent everything over. I got accepted immediately. And there's something about when you follow this, this is what I try to tell and teach a lot. There was an orient, when I went to go visit the school, there was a guy there getting a tour also. Long story short, I, when I started school, we had a whole orientation day for everybody and they broke us up in these color groups. So like we were a blue group, there was red, black, all these colors. The guy who toured the school when I went there in like May, he was in the same group that I was in, the blue group, uh, when we were doing the orientation. And I looked at him and I go, why do you look familiar? He goes, we, we, we toured together. I was like, oh, my God. And then we became great friends and we're still great friends to this day. Oh, so I it was kind of like that like little calling that like brought you to each other or something. But, um, yeah, again, had to move away from family. Uh, that, I thought it would be easy on the second one, which was a little <laughs> easier. But uh, there's still things that I was you had to work through. And, of course, I had a long-term relationship and all that stuff that I had to learn and, and to try to adapt with. But, um, yeah, I went to Parker and it was Parker University. Now it's called uh, in Dallas. And it was um, it was well worth the journey. I'm so happy I did it. Again, following that feeling is always what has guided me along the way. Which I love, which I love. And I think it's so important. And again, you brought up the thing about the connection with you, you know, that you had with your uh, friend. Um, so many people are not curious and they're so busy thinking about themselves and, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. And they miss out on opportunities like connecting with someone that you become friends, lifelong friends, uh, listening to your gut, right? You could have just stayed and went to school at home. It probably would have been fine, but 
listening to kind of like your inner voice, which I know, you know, you're a mindset coach, so you totally get this. It is so important. And so many people kind of discredit it or stuff it because they're like, Oh, I don't know where that's going to take me. I'm nervous, failure, all those things that come with kind of dreaming and, and, um, and pursuing that, you know, people don't like to do. And it's so important because we have one life. I mean, we have one life. Why not live it to the utmost like extreme that you can? Now, in you know, I, I always say this. I'm a mom. I have three kids. And every dream, do I jump on and run? No. But sometimes it's just fun to think, okay, where is that going to lead me? And then if it comes up again and comes up again, I like start looking into it. Okay, this might be scary, but this might be something that is supposed to happen to me. I'm not going to stuff it and then, you know, kind of let it stew and and then go down a different path that maybe wasn't was there. And even if I kind of follow that little path and that little dream, maybe it made me turn left instead of right and it kind of just was always in the wind, but it was like a good time to kind of explore and 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 have it fun where you're just not sitting and being like, okay, let me go to my nine to five job that I hate and I want to poke myself in the eyes and I hate Mondays and I can't wait to Friday. And you know, I don't ever want to live that way. So I love that you did that. So how long did it take you to graduate? Because I know um, you know, you're there the degrees are different and I don't know from medical school to dentistry, you know, all those things. But how many years are you in chiropractic school? And then did you start practicing right away? Yeah, so this school at the time, and they don't have it like this anymore, but it was a three-year curriculum that's like normally for... So people don't understand a three-year curriculum. Um, it's basically a normal um, college student for full-time would be about 14 credit hours, give or take on average. Yeah. Uh, we were doing 28 to 32. So it was three years. Now it's three and a half. Some schools are four, but ours was three at that time. And um, so did that. And then I came out and I was very... Stubborn, I guess, if you want to use the word, but I was determined to start my own practice. I had a big vision and I was just like, I'm serving this thing. I'm not going to be because I was potentially going to go work for the doctor who got me into it all. And he made a, he was like, well, come work for me, but it's going to be, you know, the, 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 you know, I want you to learn the business and all this stuff and all these other things. I'm like, man, I already hired a coach. I'm ready to go. Like, let's do this. Yeah. And he's like, now you got to learn the systems of what I teach here and this and that. And I was like, ah, yeah, I don't want to be limited. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this. So I went off on my own, had an investor at one point because I was from business school. It's one of the things we, we learned. Don't use your money. Use someone else's. So I was like, oh, I'll get an investor. And, and that was all working out great until last minute he dropped out. And I, I had a signed lease at the time already. And I was like, I'm, I'm held on this. But then there was a clause in there. Thankfully, there was a clause. And thankfully, things didn't work out with the landlords about our remodeling, you know, uh, uh, redoing the build out. Yeah, the build out um, that we ended up not working out anyhow. But then at that point, things just happened for reasons. I had a doc who offered an independent contractor position out of her office, 300 bucks a month. She's like, for the first three months. And she's like, you can use everything in the office when I'm not here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. And she scaled that, obviously. But that got me started. And that's kind of how I, I started my my chiropractic journey, my chiropractic business and so forth. Now, was that in your hometown? Did you go back to your hometown? I went back to Chicago on a feeling again. You're going to notice my theme of my story very quickly because I was looking. <laughs> I was literally looking at practicing in Italy. Um, don't ask me why it just, I had a doc who I was talking to and he had a connection. And so I was like, I'll go to Italy and I'll, I'll associate for like a year or two then maybe open up my own office. And, uh, but last minute it was April and I was graduating in September. Something told me I need to go back home to Chicago. And it was like a really deep feeling. And I was just like, 
okay, I'm going home to Chicago. That's it. And so I ended up uh, moving back. And it was a town a little bit of a ways. So it's about 20-something minutes, 30 minutes from where I'm usually originally from, called The Grange. Um, and that's where I set my roots. Nice. And are you still there? No. That's a, that's a whole other story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, well, I want to know we'll where you are. That. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. Okay, good. Um, cause I always love that. I love where kind of people land and then where life kind of takes people. Um, all right. So that's awesome. I mean, and that, did you find just for anyone listening, that's like, okay, start, you know, I mean, that is a great way to start a, a business cause you have, everyone has, you know, the equipment. Because that stuff is expensive, the table and all of that, the stem, you know, all of the different things that you need to be a chiropractor. So you had it all there. Now, how did you go and start marketing yourself? Was it all word of mouth? Like, take us through that a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was helping chiros, chiropractors when I was in uh, school doing screenings and stuff. And I, I was known as the closer because I never had not one person that close, even in the most like dead malls. And all that. So when I was going back home, I'm like, I did so successful there. I'll do screenings and it'll just all work out. My first eight screenings, I had no new patients, mm. not one. It was like a wake up call for me. So I was like, okay, that's not working. And then I was like, okay, get, I was connected with the chamber, the local business association. I'm meeting people. I'm shaking hands, kissing babies, as they say to do all this different stuff. <laughs> not, not literally for the listeners. I'm not literally doing that. Um, <laughs> it's the politician thing. But long story short, I'm just meeting as many people as I can. And, uh, you know, I, I was showcasing everybody I knew. I'm a chiropractor. Here's where I'm at. And it was a slow trickle process. Um, and um, I just, you know, it was one of those things where I was a referral practice. I was trying to focus on that as much as I could. Um, one of the hindering points for me was is working out of another chiropractor's office. There's no sign. There's no this. There's no that. Mm. So my visibility was very limited. And... Um, but I kept growing, though. I was determined. I was meeting people and just trying to, hey, you want this is this. I can help you with this, this and that. And slowly but surely building, which was like over a year. Um, that's when I was like able to like, I was ready to like leave the office. I mean, okay, I have enough now where I can go get my own. But rent in that area was a very affluent town. I was like, okay, maybe I don't know how I'm going to do this. And the other doc was looking to retire soon. So she was like in semi-retirement mode. So she's like, how about we continue and we'll go do a new office somewhere. And that way, and I was like, that helps me out. I could do that. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my thing, but I did Facebook and all that. I was always educating on there. Um, now there's so much tools you can do, but back then it was just posting and, and trying to use my network as much as I can um, to just try and showcase here I am as a chiropractor. I was writing articles for back then there was something called patch. I think they still have them. They still do. Um, they were like at first looking for people to write. It's like a local newspaper. It's all online. Yep. They still have them people. all. They have they, them all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, and they still have the one in town too. And they're like, at the original time, they're like, we'll pay 50 bucks an article per month. It's like, great. That gets me publicity. It was great. Got my rankings up. So it helped me out. I was just doing all that I can. Um, and just connecting video education and all that stuff. We doing a YouTube channel and stuff. And, um, again, slowly but surely it wasn't something to happen overnight, but that was the way I was marketing. But then as I continued into business, um, I had a reputation, um, being the wellness guy and I started to build my, you know, build my brand and so forth to where then it was just referrals. And then that's all we focused on from there on out. That's great. And I, and I hear a lot, what you're saying is that your business degree did also really help you with kind of growing your chiropractic business. Is that correct? It did a little bit. Um, there was a saying when I was in business school, like they, we, I had a teacher who was a, a genius and I wish I, I was still connected with, connected with him. But 
he pretty like when when all the car stuff was going bad, like GM was hurt, hurt and Ford was hurt. He was like, Ford's going to be the one that thrives out of them all. He was right. He said some other things. I was like, how does this guy know this stuff? But anyhow, <laughs> um, he was like, what you're going to learn in business in your whole degree he's like, you'll only need about 10 percent of it. And I was like, 10 percent. Are you kidding me? I spent all this money for this. And you're telling me I'm only going to need 10 percent. And I really did. Because like when I came out of chiropractic school, I had a 28 page business plan. Because why? I went to business school, so I knew how to write a business plan. I knew marketing, research. I did it all. I even had a, a patient at one point that was looking to invest in me to open up an office. Like he'll want to, he he needed a back office. She's like, let's find a space where you could run the front, and then I just need a back office for my online stuff that I do. Um, and he looked at my marketing, he's, and he's just like, "There's no way you're going to grow that fast." I was like, "What do you mean?" I go, "If I'm making this much, much building up to this month." When I start next year, that I, I'm continuing that month on, and it just compounds very quickly. Um, but he didn't; uh, he just thought the numbers weren't adding up. But I, I was close to getting to them. But but yeah, so that's how I use my business background for that. More of like businesses, uh, uh, creating a business plan, and all the stuff they have to do with that. And it helped me there more than anything else. All right, interesting. Now, what what year was this around that you first were starting? Like, yeah, 2010 in April. Okay. So it was after like that, that recession. Okay. That's it. Cause that's why I, I, you know, the 2008, 2009 kind of seven, um, that's, uh, interesting. So now you have a reputation referrals, you're the mindset. So you're not just doing, you know, strictly chiropractic. I mean, it, my, my chiropractor and I always joke, you know, she's like a therapist. She's like, I, I know everyone's stuff. Like you become like a little bit of a therapist because people come and they unload, like, how's your day going? Oh, really? Do you want to know how my day? I'm, I have a crick here. And you know why I have this crick? And then you just get into these conversations. Um, I mean, her, she and I like laugh all the time because she sees a lot of my, you know, as I said, my, my kids and my husband, my kids less frequently, but, um, we always like joke because, you know, Dr. Janet, you know, you're like, ah, oh, I had this kind of day and, or, or, yes, everything's great. And, you know, um, it's just interesting. So now you have people knowing that you have more knowledge than just, you know, kind of the physical, the chiropractic, but you also have some mindset stuff. So where does that lead you? Like I'm, cause I know, I don't know this and I know my, you know, the listeners and everyone in the audience here. Hi guys, how are you? Um, but they always find it interesting. You know, I don't know the next pivot. But you had some pivots because you're a podcaster, you're an author, you're a mindset coach. So when did that kind of all evolve? So five years into my practice, I hit my financial peak. At the same token, though, I was tired of being burned out every four to six months. I was unfulfilled, unsatisfied. The money I was making, I thought was going to solve everything for me. And I had to take a look at it. I even thought about it at that moment, leaving the practice, leaving the profession, because I was like, this is an uphill battle. There's always a grind. I, this is not. And for the listeners, I didn't share this part of my story. But when I was in chiropractic school, I was also studying outside of chiropractic school. I became a Reiki master and trainer. I studied about 10 to different 12 energy modalities um, through that journey. I thought I wanted to learn the deepest aspect of what healing is. And I actually learned quantum physics and consciousness and a whole plethora of stuff I didn't, I didn't even expect to learn. Um, so when I got to this point in my career, I, I kind of look back and my wife is working in the office with me. She has like nine different titles. I'm just a doctor and she gets like chief marketing officer, chief operating <laughs> operation. She has it all. She runs the whole show. I tell everyone, she runs this place. I just work here. I work right. for her. Right. But long story short, um, we really looked at things and we thought that we weren't, we, we weren't happy with the way we were happy financially. We just weren't happy with everything else. It was like, I was listening to all the best business advice I could, self-help, personal development, following successful chiropractors. And what I learned from that and what I, what I became aware of is I became a byproduct of their life instead of mine. 
And I think that's what led me to my burnout so much. And the in life universe, whatever you want to call it, kept putting me in that place until I woke up. When I finally did and realized that and saw that, my wife and I really got, we're, we're, we're more like, when we want to make a change, we make a change. And mm-hmm. we're just going to, we'll deal with whatever comes as it comes. So we looked at our office and we just said, you know what? We're going to have to let go of patients that don't fit our model, more holistic wellness style. And, and like, if so, in, and doing that, we had a good percentage of patients. We, we, we reduced that. We, we took a 40% hit financially in about a six month period. Mm. Now, a lot of people think that's crazy when you look at it from a business standpoint, but for us, we wanted to, we knew we had a good solid base and we just said, you know what, we're going to take a hit. We don't know how much that's going to be ended up being 40%. And then we're like, we're going to redirect the office the way we want to be. I made a shift in that time to go pediatrics. I really I started looking at my story of me being a kid. Mm-hmm. I was born with bilateral club foot. I know we didn't get into all this. I'm an antibiotic baby, get antibiotics every six, three to four, uh, six months, nine months, 15, 18. I, I almost died at four and a half from bacterial meningitis. Um, seven years old, I had a hip issue that doctors said I could never play sports again, and especially in high school. I need a hip replacement by 30. FYI, I'm 39 years old. My hip is beautifully clean. Um, so it was one of those things where I had all that growing up and I was like, you know what? I want to empower kids as much as I can. And when I found out kids had like, you know, 50, 53% chronic illnesses, we made a vast change in the office and we went pediatric prenatal and fertility. I was already doing some of those things, but we wanted to go like 50% base of our office be kids. And we achieved that in almost six months. We went from 5% to 48%. And when we made the change, the mindset side stuff, coming back to that, it was about 2018, 2019. I started really looking at, well, it was 2017, sorry. I started looking at my vision and my impact of how I'm helping people. And what I started to realize is even though I was very well known, I had a very successful chiropractic business and everything, the, the, the impact and influence I was doing for the world, it was very small. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say this, I don't mean this from an egotistical standpoint. I just feel like I'm, des- I'm destined for something more. And it's, again, that feeling. It just wouldn't leave me alone. So I started talking to my wife and said, I think I want to I I start a podcast. I'd done podcasting before for health reasons, for health stuff. I was like, I want to get into the mind and spirituality. It's just something that I feel like I want to do. Even if it's just that, I'll just do that. She's like, go for it. So that's where the podcast came. Um, that's where the book came. I've always wanted to be an author. And I have a plan. I have a goal of writing 30 books in my life. So then all of a sudden, here comes the the book. And then from what I went through, from the burnout and the grind, the hustle mentality, the sweat equity, all the stuff that you hear in business and self-help, I went against that. And I did the polar opposite. You know, I worked 50% less than what I did. Still, I didn't, I didn't share that part. When we took the 40% hit, um, it took about a year to get back to that. But I worked 50% less than what I was doing. And that's what gave me time to do all these other things. And so at that point, 2018, going into the fall, I told my wife, I think I want to get into coaching. And I just want to do it for the side thing. It would, you know, I only take like five clients. That's it. Um, so I don't want to overwhelm so I can still spend time with my wife and everything else. And it wasn't until December when I started it. And that put me on the journey. But it wasn't, in, um, I can stop there for now. <laughs> There's more to go into. Well, no, no, I love that. And anyone, you know, you guys, and this will be all in the show notes and in the beginning of this episode. So power your reality. You can find um, all of what Dr. You know, Vic doing. You can find your, um, you can, and you can, guys can see it in the um, Empower. I'm sorry. I'm like looking at it from here. I said power. Um, I'm looking from afar and all my, my guests know I've gone <laughs> blind and I uh, turned 49 and I can't see anything. Um, so, but you guys can see it in the scroll here. It's, empower your reality. Am I correct? Yes, yes <laughs> okay. you are. 
I, I saw your face and I was like, did I not look at the, uh, I didn't see the EM. Um, and what the, so many things that you just said, I, I find really fascinating. And I do want to touch on because I do think there's a lot of people in their lives that have these feelings, but they don't go because maybe they, you know, the financial reasons and stuff. So th- this is before you guys had kids. Am I correct there? Yep. So the fact that you were like, okay, I have this feeling, let's jump on it. It's really important to do that before you have the other things that weigh you down. And not that kids weigh you down. I'm a mother. I love kids. But there's things that my husband and I have to think about because we're like, you know what? We have three other people that we don't want to impact if this is not our path, right? So we're a little bit more practical. And I guess my husband's more practical. <laughs> he keeps <laughs> he keeps me practical. Let's just put it that way. Um, so it is important to have that in your life to really think about, okay, is this the time? But it's also important to think about, this is the time because I don't have these other things. This is the time to explore. This is the time to really be curious. This is the time to kind of, okay, I can kind of go out on whims and be a little crazy, throw spaghetti at the wall because you don't all have all those other responsibilities. When you start having those responsibilities, that's when you kind of have to make a little bit more strategic. And not everyone does that, but I know in, in our lives, that's, you know, I can be the one that's a little bit out there. Um, my husband's a little bit more the stable one. And it's also kind of, nice to have that balance. So when you guys were sitting down to be like, okay, when you went to your wife and said this, was your wife like, okay, I'm with you? Or did you have to kind of like really sit down and explain? Was she a little bit more skeptical? My wife is extremely supportive. Um, I'm very blessed for that. Like she believes in me 100%. And she's one of those things like, if you want to do it, go, you know, if you want to do this, go. Cause she, you know, it was, it, it, we got to a point in the office where we were making this, just starting that side part of uh, side hustles, they like to call it. Um, she was tired of getting kind of burned out from being in the office. You know, my wife used to be a real estate agent. She worked for a very prestigious uh, one of the, t- he was the top guy in, in the town. She worked for him and she did marketing stuff. So my, my wife's very skilled at a lot of things. And she was just like, this me being here is not really my love to do, but I'm going right. to do it because it's us. But there, it was coming to that point. So, but she was 100% supportive um, and like, yeah, if you want to do it, do it. You know, you just, you know, I know you're going to, you're good at discipline. You're good at all those things. You'll figure, you'll map out the times. I'm not even worried about it. So I know it won't interfere with anything that we do. I was like, it will not interfere with anything we do. I promise. Um, but that, that was the, yeah, she's very, very supportive. She's my rock. That's what, now, is she the same person when you went to Dallas or is this a different no. woman? No, okay. someone else. Yeah, no, I, yeah, we, I, we, I had to ask. <laughs> no, she, she, funny story really quick. She, uh, she took the application for me to be in the business association. So she was the secretary uh, of the business association at the time, but we didn't, we were, we didn't date until three years later. Um, but it was, it's a cute little, like we were like the, the love story of lovely, of the LaGrange area or one right. of them, I should say. Oh, that's so fun. So she did, she grew up in the area and you guys just kind of never, you never knew each other. You kind of probably just passed. And then, um, that's fun. I love that. Yeah, one day I finally just uh, I was in, I was coming from uh, I was taking salsa lessons down in the city and I was coming back and I was like my buddy and I would meet up at a place to grab a burger and a drink after, and so one day I, he wasn't going to be able to make it, so I was like let me see if she'll go on up let's see if she'll just meet up and she came and we closed down the bar and after that I was like this is somebody who I want to get to know a little better and right late years later here we are that's awesome that's awesome so okay so you. Change it pediatric, but you also were working less. You were also getting this calling um, for doing a little mindset stuff. 
I know that you also referenced that you got Reiki trained and all of that. Where did you bring... So the Reiki stuff, was that incorporated when you were doing the pediatrics? Or do you also use that in the mindset coaching and all the other stuff that you do? Or you kind of just... That's a certification and it's not it's not fulfilling you right now. Yeah. I started Reiki when I first started a little bit, just doing some energy healing, offering a little bit of it. But it just wasn't like, again, when I, the reason why I got into Reiki was just I wanted to learn how to heal with hands. And mm-hmm. people were like... Some, one person in my, in my, in my class uh, at school was like, go do Reiki. Reiki is really great. And I was like, Reiki? I never heard of it. And she's like, it's a healing with the hands, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. Let's go. And so I found somebody and then all of a sudden, that's when I just took it. I never used it per se because um, it op- Reiki opened the door to the energy world for me because from there, I was like, okay, what other energy healing techniques right. are out there? What else can I learn? And that's when I went down a whole rabbit hole of techniques. And, and that just kind of cultivated my mind about life and how life works in many different ways and how emotions affect us, how our thoughts affect us, how it affects the body, how it affects our vibrancy and all these different things. And that allowed me to give really good, deep, you know, um, care to my patients and so forth became that. But from the, the pediatric side, you know, working on that, um, I'll just say in general, the energy stuff really just taught me how to be more intentional with my work. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not the adjustment of what I'm doing that matters. It's the intention of where I'm coming from, the vibe and energy of where I'm coming from, that's going to actually make the impact. And so I can literally in my office, I can know if I'm, I mean, I already have tools to teach me this, but, or keep on top of this, but I, if I'm not on my A game, my patients don't get better. More things show up and so many other things. So it's one of those things where it's like, oh, patients are complaining more. All right, I got to get more centered. I missed something. Right. Which I think is really important. And that's what with the whole burnout, like you're running this business that you love and you you're there to help people. But if you're it's that that whole I mean, it's such a corny saying, but like, (laughs) you can't fill someone else's cup if your cup is not filled. (laughs) And I had to use that voice. Not sure why. (laughs) But it is actually true. It's one of those things that it's so corny. You know, you hear that as, as being a parent all the time, right? If you're running on empty, and your house is kind of crazy, why do you think it? Because you're not showing up the way you need to show up. It's the same in business. It's the same in life. I mean, if you're coming off with this energy that people are like, ooh, I don't like that energy, you're not going to attract and connect with people. And I don't have coaching... Tra- you know, I have a little bit of coaching training, but not like... You know, this is just also very... Um, it's one of those things that just to me just makes sense. You know, if you're coming at an energy... Uh, aggressive energy, you're going to give that off and people are not going to feel the, the, you know, the same way about you. So when you started the mindful experiment, the podcast, that's what it's called. Correct. (laughs) I was like, your face seems still again. I was like, did I write the wrong thing down? Um, I was like, I thought I had that right. I Uh, you so much today. Yeah. I was like, did I write, did I look at some other Dr. Vic, uh, Manzo? (laughs) Um, when you started that, and I love how you were just like, I, you know, I want to do this. What year was that in, in 2020? Is that what you said? No, first episode was March 31st, 2018. Okay, amazing. Um, and then where did that kind of take you? And was that, again, well, two, two kind of full questions. I think I know the answer for the first one. When you decided to start it, was it like, okay, let me do a little research. Let me, you know, slowly roll this out or where you're like, I'm doing it and, I'm, and it's done in like three months. The latter part, I literally was just like yeah. sitting there one day and I'm like, what would I call this thing? Right. Because I was thinking of all these things. I used to have a podcast health wise called Wellness Smart Radio. So I was like, oh, wellness or spiritually smart. Radio. I don't know, I'm not doing that. And I just kept thinking and I was like, 
life's an experiment. But the life experiment podcast, okay, that sounds good, but that doesn't relate to the mind. I want the mind. And eventually I was like, just mindful experiment. I'm like, I'm going with this. And yeah, I love that was it. the end of it. And I think, you know, when you said the latter part, I kind of felt that I'm the same way. If I have something and it keeps kind of presenting itself, really, if something presents itself like two or three times, I'm like, boom. A lot of times, if it's the first time, I just kind of think and ponder on it. Um, so you started that. And again, that's, you know, podcasting is such a powerful tool that sometimes really goes under the radar. Now it's not so much. Now it's, you know, definitely a buzzword. There's so many out there, but it's still you still can put out such good content and really get to people. I mean, you know, something like Fireside here, the fact that we can stream on different platforms and it still goes out in the RSS feed, you're still getting in people's ears and different than what you were doing. Where did that podcast kind of take your business and your your side hustle? It helped me get connected. I had a when I first started I did group coaching. I had this like five week course. I was just group, doing group coaching on it. It was kind of interesting because I started to, it wasn't until like, I think February, March, the the next year, I didn't start, because I didn't start coaching until December of 2018. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was one of those things where I have people reaching out to me. I started talking about my group coaching program and then people are reaching out and they're like, hey, I'm interested. I'd love to know more about this or blah, 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 or I want to sign up. And I'm like, this can't be that easy. Like, there's just no way this is that easy. Like, how? I should have did this sooner. Because um, <laughs> my message is getting out there and I was able to help people. And it was just, it was aligned in a whole different way. And that's kind of how the podcast went right off the bat. And, and, it, and it became, and it's one of the tools that I like to use for marketing. Because it's just what I enjoy. Um, and that's why I teach a lot of my clients this. In that it's fun to have a conversation with somebody and, you know, and, and learn from them. They learn from me and uh, we grow in the end and the audience grows with it. So it's kind of one of those fun things, but that was my journey in the, in the beginning or how I used the podcasting to showcase uh, my coaching stuff. Again, I couldn't take on a whole lot of clients just because I mean, group coaching made it easier for me. Um, but then when I, I, I switched over after a year, uh, I went one-on-one. Normally people do the opposite. They go one-on-one and they say, I can't handle all this. So I'm going to go group. Um, I, I liked in one-on-one better because I was able to bring another element to the table, which was intuition. And I could use my intuition to connect with my client and I can read them so easily. And I know I'm on Zoom or I'm on a phone call with them, but I can hear their tone. There's other things I can use and I can really direct it to them. Group coaching helped everybody in some way. But like when I had one-on-one, I took my first one-on-one client and then just what I did in group coaching was powerful. But then all of a sudden with the one-on-one client, we were moving faster. And things were just getting addressed quicker. And I was like, I think I want to go that route for a little bit. And that's what I've been doing since. No, which is so interesting because it's the same. So I'm a storytelling consultant, which came out of my podcast. I started the podcast in 2019. And then I would, with asking certain questions, certain guests that I would have on, maybe were like, you know, in the beginning of the podcast journey and they were guesting because they had something that, you know, either a book or they had a product or they uh, were a podcast host or a small business entrepreneur or whatever it was. And I would ask them a question and also it would kind of like unleash this whole conversation. And it was, they would be like, how did you know to ask me that? And I'm like, I'm just really intuitive. Like I can read and feel it's just, it's a gift. I believe in God, but you know, the universe, whoever you believe in, it's really just a, one of my gifts. So I would have people be like, okay, can you, and I've done talks on storytelling, the importance of storytelling, but it would be funny when someone's like, okay, can you do like teach what you do? And I'm like, every client is different. Like, I can't say this is like, it's not anything that is, yes, I can teach people to be a little bit more, um, 
aware and a little bit more kind of watching for certain things. Yes, I can do that. But that's like 10 minutes. I can tell you three things to do. It's not like a whole thing. But it's so true. When you have that gift that you're able to really help people connect the dots, where you're really able to help them kind of, you know, what you're doing, connecting their mind and their body and, and really showing them how they're showing up every day. And it's little steps, you know, from you know, waking up before your whole house wakes up if you have kids, you know, and sometimes even before that, there's like some things that are so silly, but are so true, you know, move your body. Even if you hate working out, just walk around the block or walk up and down your stairs, like, you know, cut out those processed foods and all of this. And then you do like little things and they're like, huh, I'm feeling better. I don't know why, but let, let's get, you know, continue to do this. And you're like, I know why, because you're starting to be more mindful. You're starting to be kind of introspective and thinking about things. So when did you, and I don't know the, you know, again, when did you pivot completely away from chiropractic? Cause you're not still practicing or are you? No, I'm not practicing. I have a license in Tennessee, but I, I, I don't practice. So what happened was, is 2000, I've been wanting, since 2018, I've been wanting to leave Illinois, but my wife was like, no, we got family here. All our family's here, this and that. I said, okay, fine. 2020 hits. We all know what happened in 2020. She looks at me one day and goes, I see what you mean. I'm ready to leave. I said, you really want to leave? She's like, yeah. I'm like, no, are you sure you want to leave? She's like, yeah, I want to leave. I said, okay. She goes, what do we have to do? Well, we have to put the practice up for sale, yada, yada, all these things. And um, unfortunately, the, the, the downside of all that is we, we chose to sell a practice at a time where chiropractors were leaving Illinois. They were not going to Illinois. Um, so we had the practice up for a little over a year and a half. We, we, we had somebody who might have been interested, but then last minute we're getting on a call thinking we're finalizing things and we're moving forward and they drop out. Mm. And I was like, crap. And now it's four months away to the end of the year, which was 2021. And my wife looks at me, I look at her and just go, we're not waiting to postpone our family anymore. Like we wanted to have kids. We postponed it a couple of years for maybe to travel and do other things. But I was like, we, we can't, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, 38 You're, you know, she's four years younger than me, but I was like, we got to start a family. And she's like, yeah, I want to start a family. I'm not waiting anymore. So I said, okay, let's let the office go. Like, let it go. Like not even like take a, just we'll, we'll, we'll after December, 2021, we won't have that income anymore. I had income from coaching, but nowhere near the level I had with chiropractic. And again, it's going through that process can be scary, but what supported me through it, it was that feeling. It felt right. Because at the moment we were choosing what mattered most to us, which is family, or, or what was our well-being. Because we weren't happy in Illinois. I, I definitely wasn't um, after a while. And it came a point where, like we were going to choose that over money. Because we could have just stayed and had a dock in there or waited to someone to sell and put our life on hold. And the reason some people could say, you could have had a family up there. We could have, but you don't know how Italians are. You have a family, you're never leaving. It's right. not going to happen. We're not going to want to leave our family <laughs> after you have children. And so it was one of those things where December 2021, we closed the office. Uh, my wife moved in. We were, I live in Knoxville now, Tennessee. My wife moved here in November. Um, that's when our houses were closing and we were getting the other house. And um, I, so we, I was traveling back and forth over on the weekends just to see her um, before. But she was she flew she flew out here to go see a house, long story, our houses. But long story short, um, a couple of weeks after that, we found out she was pregnant. And so I was like, okay, everything's aligning. We're moving. We're, we're you're pregnant. We're closing an office. We're moving out of state. All right, this is this is all right. This is all working out the way it's supposed to, I guess. And um, so that's when I decided to let go of the chiropractic and go full time into the coaching. Um, and that's what I've been doing since. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And where in that process were the books? So the other book, my second book came, my first book came out in 2018. And that was, um, I think that came out right around the podcast time. Um, The second one was A Walk in the Dark. That came out in 2019, about almost a year later, a little over a year later. And then, of course, with everything I was doing in my office, I didn't write my my next one until, uh, what was it? I should know this by heart. It was May 2022. So, um, yeah, I started writing that book um, after a couple months when the dust settled here. Uh, I had a feeling like I needed to write another book. It was actually, I had a feeling of that in November, uh, but then I didn't take action fully until uh, February. Okay. And everyone can find and, and tell the titles. Cause I also, I have them written down, but they're far away. <laughs> so, yeah, no and, I, and I didn't remember, and I didn't memorize them. I should have, I did not memorize them cause there was three, um, but uh, let people know. And then they can find them obviously on Amazon um, and any place, but then on your website, but yeah, please share the titles. Yeah. First one's Rediscover Your Greatness. Uh, the second book I wrote is A Walk in the Dark. And then the third one is Decoding the Matrix. Great. And and give us a little bit of kind of what you can find in those books. Yeah. So Rediscover Your Greatness is everything I went through that talks about the basically the, the rules to life in a sense, like the looking at universal laws and quantum physics and all these different things. It's basically all the, the change I made between 2016 when I was you know five years in the business and uh, made this drastic change. I started, I share, how, you know, the principles of what I learned through that, how, what I applied and how you can apply them to your life. The second one, a walk in the dark is the darkness of life that we all face. You can call them challenges, obstacles, dark night of the soul. It doesn't matter. The, the, the thing is, is how to view the darkness in a different way and what it actually does for us. And once you can do that, it really ends mental suffering because when you see, when you face darkness, what you're really getting is a gift. And you're learning more about who you really are, your true light, your soul, whatever you want to call that. Um, the last one, Decoding the Matrix, is all about um, the conditioning of the mind and how we're conditioned, how we all have constructs that we believe in. I'm conditioned, you're conditioned. We're all conditioned in some way. But it's how we live our life that we can try to break out of that conditioning so we can get out of a mental prison and live more of a life of what matters truly to us human potential, spiritual awakening. I share some stuff I help clients with to do that, um, that process. And so that's the decoding the matrix. Awesome. So do you think there, I know you said that you, you have a goal of 30 books. Um, I would love to know, cause we all in our businesses, we all have things that we love. And, and I, I, want to go back to your group coaching and your one-on-one. I always do everything backwards too. And it's not backwards because it's the way I work, but I'm always that 1% that starts at Z and ends up at A where everyone else does it, you know, the opposite way. So, and then there's times where you're doing things, you know, like I used to, when I did the fitness stuff, I used to teach group classes and I loved that. I liked that better than the one-on-ones, but I, you know, I kind of would do both, you know, cause I was like, Oh, what's filling me right now? Who can I help more in this and kind of going there? What do you think, um, at this moment, like right now, as you're sitting here talking to me, what is your favorite part of your, um, kind of your journey, but what you're doing now that, you know, you can see grow in the future. Like what I'm doing at this moment, how I can see things grow. Yeah. So like either the podcast author mindset coaching, you know, what the one-on-one, the group, like what is fueling you right now? Like when you think the first thing that comes to your head that you're like, I can't wait to do that every single freaking day. 
Well, I'm doing the one-on-one coaching every day, but I want to definitely max that out. But I'm, I am looking at, you know, this year I'm going to be launching group coaching just because there's only so many hours of the day I can coach. And, um, you know, and it also lowers the price a little bit for those who can do the one-on-one, they can afford the group coaching. Um, I'm in the process of that. The other thing that's on, you can tell I just don't do one thing. Um, the other thing that's really hitting me hard now, I've been waiting. So I'm like, when's my next book coming? When am I going to write another book? And I've been really reflecting on the last year of everything I teach and all my, all my experiences and everything I went through, how can I create something that could be so simplistic for somebody to really level up? And I'm all about universal principles. I don't like just sharing one thing in business because I don't think we do things one way. What we do in one way, we usually do another way in other areas of our life too, um, or how we do one thing. But um, so my, this, I created a for, I've created this formula to kind of sum up everything. And I'm like, getting excited about it right now. Cause I'm like, okay, I want to start writing this book. I can't wait, but I got a couple months before I do, but, um, but it's a formula. I call it the billionaire success, uh, formula. And it's basically a formula that you, we, we are so stuck on action. And again, again you're going to have the same story. Like when I talk about the grind, the hustle mentality, all that they push in the business world and personal development, well, I'll break down why they, what they're pushing on. And there's an equation part to this to where that's like 10% of it really. Mm-hmm. And really what's the 90%. And that 90% is actually, you know, so it's, it's squared in a sense. So when you multiply these two together, which is your vibration and your mindset, when you put those two together, that's squared. And then you can multiply that by your actions. And so many people focus on action. We don't focus on the bigger part of it all. Because if you get your vibe right, you get your mind right, success is inevitable. You still have to take action, but it will be inevitable in the sense because you're way more in aligned, like a chiropractic principle. The body is the, the, the intelligence or the, the thing that w- what separates us from uh, someone who's that, in other words, that intelligence in our body or soul, or whatever you want to call it, it flows so much better when the body's in alignment than when it's not. And this is the same principle here. Oh, I love that. And we're going to end there because that was so brilliantly said. Um, but again, you can find Dr. Vic on Empower Your Reality. LinkedIn is pretty much the, the most place that you hang out social media wise. Is, am I correct on that one? I sure I, I'm on Facebook too, uh, but I am on LinkedIn just as much. Yeah. Okay, great. So you guys can find him there. This will be all in the show notes. And also in the beginning of the podcast, as you're listening, you're gonna be like, wait, she's already said that. Um, I like to kind of throw that out there. So when people are listening, sometimes it's nice because they like to like kind of look around and, and see what you're doing. But I love what you're doing. Keep it up. We need more of, you know, of what you are doing in this world, because so many people are out of alignment not just physically, but mentally. And so I love that you kind of go with that. And again, the the mindful experiment, is it once a week, twice a week, once a month? What is it? It's twice a week. One one with me and then there's one with uh, and, and someone I interview. Awesome. So you guys check that out. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> it's Monday. Uh, <laughs> rate, <laughs> review and subscribe. And thank you uh, so much again for joining your next stop live here on Fireside. I love this platform because again, there's tons of people on LinkedIn. I'm getting, you know, getting pinged over here saying, I love this. I love this. And I know people are on YouTube live and Twitch, which I don't really have a lot of followers, but I always think it's funny that I'm, I have a Twitch channel. My kids find it funny too. They're like, you have a Twitch channel? I do. I don't really go on it and I don't know who's watching. I don't think many people, but you never know. There could be one person that hears this and it changes their life forever. So that's what I want you guys to do. If you're listening to the replay, if you're listening on your next stop on any of the podcast players, if you're listening here on the replay on Fireside, share because you do not know who needs to hear this episode. You don't know who is waking up every day kind of feeling crappy about themselves because they don't know what next step to take and they need someone like Dr. Vic. 
So thank you again for joining your next stop live. Oh, this is a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for, for joining. And again, sorry for stalking you in the beginning. I just needed to make sure you were there and I couldn't find you because there was no spaces. <laughs> I'm just glad it all worked out. That's all that matters. Oh, and now we're going to leave on very slow, the slow music today. Wow. Okay. Go out on a Monday dancing. <laughs> Thank soothing. you again. Thank very you. soothing. Thank you everyone for joining.